0: Hi, I'm Sarah Ives and I'm joined by David Crowe. We're both experienced coaches working in the field of coaching for 20 years plus. This is our podcast about our personal experience of what lies beneath coaching conversations. We aim for a recipe of good conversation, some practical wisdom, a small dollop of theory and a soupçon of humor. This first episode asks an important question of what it's like to be really heard. How often do we really experience that in our lives? and what happens when we do we talk about our coaching work on our own personal experiences of being heard so david i suppose the first question i want to ask is is why are we here <laughs>
1: Okay, is that a kind of, why are we here in terms of the podcast or an existential question as <laughs> an opener?
0: It's too early for uh, existentialism. So in terms of the podcast, why, why did we agree to do this again? Remind me what we're doing.
1: <laughs> as we're sat here nervously in our first episode. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we, we talked about this for quite a while. And we've known each other as coaches for quite a few years. Uh, we're both pretty experienced. We've been doing this for over 20 years. And we've both got, Quite a few mediums to get out into the world in terms of websites and things like that, and we just thought, well, actually, let's let's get with what's happening <laughs> and, uh, and do a podcast. And I think, I think, you know, we it's taken us quite a while to get round to it, but here we are. Here we are. Yeah, I suppose. I, what about for you? What about
0: for me? Yes, and I think we had a conversation, didn't we, around quite a lot of what we do is based in theory, and some of it comes from an academic world. And I suppose it was my little bit of rebellion wanting to have a conversation rather than a theoretical view of the world, because um, I think coaching is very much about conversations. Yeah, um, And to just sort of air a little bit about what we think and see if anyone's interested in what we think. So I guess that's where I was coming from, really.
1: Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. And, and I like the idea of coaching being... Almost minimised to rich conversation, but a rich yeah. conversation.
0: I tell you what I find quite interesting is so we th- thinking about what we want to talk about is um, clearly if we're going to do a podcast, you and I have got something to say. Um, hopefully that people want to listen to, and I think that sort of leads me a little bit into where we thought we'd start around you know, what it's like or what do we mean by being heard? So if we've got something to say, are we sure it's going to land? What is it about being heard that's important, particularly in, in coaching? So what do, you, what do you think about being heard and what does that mean to you, David?
1: Okay. So in a way, it feels a bit axiomatic. It feels a bit obvious that you shouldn't need to spell out what being heard is about. But I think it is important in a way. So for me, it's about being valued being seen and being known by by others and i think there is a bit of a risk factor in terms of what we're doing you know (laughs) will will anybody listen to this you know (laughs) will will, will anybody out there is anybody out there it's probably different in the context and i say this we'll say a bit more later but as an introvert it's different in the context of a one-to-one conversation than it is in the conversation of in a group or a small group or a larger group and perhaps it's also about the confidence you have as an individual to be heard, but it's also about—and I know we're going to look into this—but it's also about other people hearing you. So the, the, the flip side of this, I think, is about being listened to. So that—that's kind of what I would. Um, and interesting that we've gone into this as a as a title of saying being heard rather than how do you listen well or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know. What about you?
0: I think, so what really interested me in this is that, you know, in my working practice um, and yours, it's often around listening. And I say we might, you know, we might do this upside down and come back to listening. But underneath that, for me, it's very much about, so we learn to listen, but are we on the flip side being heard? And I guess when we first talked about this, this was a bit about um, sitting up and noticing whether people are hearing you and that sort of emotional connection. And it, when we first talked about it, it sort of sent me off down a kind of a bit of a rabbit warrant. You know, I do like yeah. a bit of research um, and a bit about the sort of almost the anatomy and physiology of how we hear things. So I kind of went off at a slight tangent on that um, and looking at, you know, about the parallels you can draw between the physical aspects of being heard. And sometimes about how loss of hearing can occur as we get older, or we can be certainly not have so much hearing physically um, mm. throughout our lives. And I was wondering—this is really going down for me—but I was wondering whether we get some people have this emotional hearing loss. So some people I work with and and myself that sometimes we don't hear, and that's not a physical thing, obviously, because we've maybe have all our auditory processes in in place. But do we actually hear because we're receiving messages, formulating them, and at some point we have an emotional block or an inability to hear what's coming in and process that? So not just physiologically, but emotionally. Um, And I suppose, you know, me and my rabbit warrens of that. That's where I got to with you know, with, with coaching clients? Are they, yes, they might be listening, are they hearing what people are saying? Is it an emotional response?
1: Yeah, I, I think there's a lot in that. Um, I, I think really good hearing, really good listening and, and and hearing somebody else takes a lot of effort and a lot of concentration. And one of the things we, we talked about uh, when we last met was... Uh, things around how how the business is going how many uh, including how many coaching clients we see in a day and just thinking you know if you see more than a handful two or three or three or four um and you're working hard and you really are being there for that person then it's it's a lot of effort I also think there's probably things that there's perhaps our internal prejudices and our internal blockers that are not list perhaps Struggling to to hear properly, particularly if, for example, you know somebody's telling you something that's really difficult, yeah. or maybe there's some resonance that you have with it. You know that that there's a kind of a link to what they're facing, and you're and you're starting to go into your experience rather than stay with them. So yeah, I think the emotional side is is absolutely it, it is very important, and it may be a a reason where we block some stuff out, or we don't hear it even though, as you say, all our working faculties are in order.
0: It's a bit like training your inner self, isn't it, when you're listening to people in a coaching conversation to not follow your own ego down this, um, somebody's told you something, what have you heard? And then you process it and you may parallel it with yourself and you go, oh, the temptation to kind of say, I know where this is going, I have a similar experience. And then I I think you're right. I think we stop hearing what's being said, and we've, we've summarised and processed at that point. Um, and I think often that's based on our own our own uh, experience of being listened to and being heard. Yeah. Um, and I know when we started talking about this, we were looking at, we stripping it back to our childhood and our early experiences of it. And I know that was something for you, particularly linked to that introversion. Yeah. Um, that was interesting
1: yeah well being honest and hopefully a bit brave about this i mean I, I think it has been a an issue or a challenge for me um it's certainly in growing up and as an adult at times the whole thing about being heard um i come from a family, there were seven of us in the family, you know, the five kids and my and my mum and dad. Um, my mum was one of 14, 14 kids. <laughs> so how do you get heard with 14? <laughs> and when I think back and at some point I'm aware my siblings might listen to this and they might have things to say, you know, but <laughs> they're, you know, they're strong personalities. Yeah. Uh, so I also think, and there's a, a health warning about theory coming up here, but um, Adler is a... <laughs> theory th- warning. Yeah, theory warning. Adler, as a psychotherapist, um, spent a lot of his time focusing in his research on um, family order and where we come in the family. I was a middle child. I had two twin uh, brothers younger than me and uh, an older brother and an older sister, and I kind of my, my route through life or the payoffs that I got were about being a conduit and, and being a, a fulcrum in terms of kind of that, that, that position. And I think that's where I learned um, about listening. Um, but I think it meant that it was perhaps at times a bit harder for me to be heard. But is that an awful generalization to say that if you're a, you know, you, you know, if you're a coach, you're probably more likely to be an introvert. I don't know, but you know, I, it does make.
0: make. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. Um, but I, I also have a sense, and this is going into the very wide world, is that is that one of the things I think about in terms of education, and for us as adults, and I've noticed this when I've been, I've trained a lot of coaches over the years, and virtually everybody, when you ask them, they say, "What's the hardest thing about coaching?" and they say it's. It's really listening. It's setting aside your prejudices. It's focusing. It's not interrupting. It's leaving a few seconds for that person to to make sure they processed all they're going to do. So there's there's lots of elements to it. Um, but you're right. There is a personal aspect to me um, about my my sense of <laughs> my sense of being heard. What about you? What What are your experiences of being heard or not heard?
0: So when we first talked about being heard and we got into this conversation, you and I, I sort of, I had to reflect on it. So it's not something that comes up for me. And maybe that's because I'm an extroverted talker. So maybe I haven't considered the being heard quite so much. Um, so that kind of blows your theory about coaches being introverts. So
1: uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> or was it just good coaches? For introverts? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, So my experience when I when I really looked at it it was of being in a very kind of northern maternal. um, Well, my dad, my dad was very much introverted and quiet and all the women were quite loud. And uh, and I'm well aware that my uh, my siblings (laughs) were listening to this, too. But I probably um, was the least uh, the I wouldn't say the quietest, but I because I was the youngest, I think quite often I got away with things more easily. So I wasn't always stepping in um, and needing to be listened to or needing to be heard Mm -hmm. as much, I think. But actually, I do find that um, sometimes when I feel people aren't hearing what I'm saying, I either, two two things that I ha- happen to me, not in my coaching relationships, but me personally, I either withdraw because I'm irritated and fed up with not being heard, or I talk over um, the other person. A kind of sort of a verbal elbow goes in and I talk over them. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking of particular people who I find it really hard uh, to manage their level of um, talking. And I really don't, I don't think it's very skillful, And I don't like myself in that moment when I interrupt. I think I've, I'm going against some of my principles. But it is sometimes, it's this lever for being heard when I think there's too much noise.
1: Yeah, just listening to that and thinking, well, perhaps there is a, you know, there is a sense that actually, if you're not being heard, you're you're doing something about it. I don't know if I'm justifying <laughs> you know, your perspective here because it, it's interesting. I'll say a bit in a minute about my own, uh, which is similar to yours, which is kind of opting out or or, mm. or perhaps trying to trying to take the talking stick or or, yes. or you know. But we've may, not mentioned the talking is. stick yet. <laughs> But maybe there is something in that you know is that yeah. you know is that uh, if you're not being heard, it's quite drastic in a way to kind of say, well actually I'm just going to disengage. I mean you know some people literally walk off and go somewhere else, but other people might sit sat around a, a dinner you know it's, you're at the starters, you don't even have the main course <laughs> thinking, I'm not going to get a word in edgeways. What, you know what, what do you do?
0: And is there something quite, Damaging about swallowing it down all the time and thinking, "I just, I'm just going to withdraw and shut that down." Uh, And I think, I think it's a choice, isn't it? I think as I've, shall we say, matured, rather than we're not going to mention getting older, but as I've matured, I think it's a choice for me to withdraw a bit. And is it, you know, do I do I think it's really important? Are the stakes that high that I get heard? Sometimes, yes. And I think that's when my verbal elbow will come out. But sometimes I just think, is this, is it necessary for my voice to be in here as well? And I think as you mature, I think sometimes you make choices around that. I don't know whether they're good choices or not.
1: Mm. Well, I I can't remember who who said this, but it's a lovely line. uh, It's something along the lines of make sure that what you say is an improvement on the silence. There's, there's something about um you know for me there's something about having a bit of a radar about that and sometimes I think my internal sensor is too strong kind of like don't say that no that's not a great idea and I probably know I'm feeling more comfortable I had a book group I've got an online book group and there's seven or eight of us and I swore and I don't normally swear <laughs> but I was I was it was to do with everything that was going on in the sort of political arenas you know and i I kind of let go and then i thought actually it's okay yeah so i think there's something in what you say about certainly for me taking a few more risks and not listening too much to the internal sensor and i have um i hope my wife doesn't mind me saying this but one of the things i've learned from her is that idea that um, a bit like you said, is using, what did you call it? A for verbal something, elbow. A ver- verbal elbow yeah. to say, hey, you know what? I've got some things to say here.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I guess I, I also make a judgment call, though, about the audience or the people that I'm around, about whether or not they're, <laughs> they're likely to hear. Yeah. And if I think they're not, then I probably think, okay, wh- why bother? And the other thing I, I I kind of was thinking about being heard and I'm conscious this is going to potentially sound a bit um, a bit arrogant, but I think one of the things that I have found as I've got older is that I've become more discerning around people I spend time with. So I do have a, fi- a principle of reciprocation, right? You know, obviously my my work, my professional work is being there and hearing people, really hearing them and helping them navigate where they go next in their lives. But I think out of work, socially and friends wise, I want to be around people who are curious. Not uh, So I don't, I don't, I think there was a time where I might have even kind of, you know, had a percentage of a conversation thought I've had 20% of that or 30% or whatever. So I don't want to count that anally, but I think there's something about saying, is somebody concerned and is somebody able to hear me here as well as me hear them? And I think that over the years has meant that I've my friendship group is quite different um, to what it was many years ago.
0: That's an impressive friend filter. Look. <laughs> well,
1: it doesn't mean there's, there's very many of them.
0: We <laughs> <laughs> don't make it through the filter. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose... The other bit for me when I'm listening to you is that just going back a bit is around having courage and being brave. Yeah. So, so, on the one side, there's I'm not being heard, putting a verbal elbow in, listen to me, you know. And on the other side, it's sometimes not speaking up because we're afraid and not because we can't get a word in edgeways. And that interests me as, as much as the word in edgeways, because Throughout our lives, I think all of us have had a situation where we've come to this crossroads and we have an option. Do I say it or don't I say it? And I think if we feel we're not being heard, sometimes it's because we've not stepped into that space, like you were saying. So having some courage um, and being brave and... um, so that just reminds me a little bit of, this is an anti-theory moment, is I was talking about being brave and having courage with people. And I was thinking, where have I heard that quote from, which was, um, have courage and be kind. Um, and it was Cinderella.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, where would and we be without Cinderella Disney? You know, <laughs> we, we need a bit of Disney in our lives.
0: Um, it's interesting though, in just in that little Disney bit, is there so much in there about if you want to be heard, you do need to have courage at times. In our personal lives, sometimes speaking up and saying what we think and being heard, we -hmm. can jeopardise relationships. And sometimes we don't do it because we think we want to maintain the status quo, preserve those relationships. And at work, and a lot of the people I coach, feel there is a lot to lose by speaking up at times. I spend a lot of my coaching life talking about having challenging conversations with people. They're afraid that uh, they may be heard in a way they don't want to be and how it will land. So I think for me the, the courage is a really interesting aspect underneath being heard as well as getting your point across. I think it's much deeper than just getting your point across
1: yeah i, I it's, it's well said I, I it's a really important part of being heard i don't know if if they're necessarily uh two ends of a spectrum as such you know maybe those two things can sit together this this point about what you're talking about is is saying that it is 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 taking the risk to be heard yeah. but also perhaps alongside that there is a you know there is a judgment call that we can all make it is is this worth the anxiety or is it worth putting myself out there to say this and we probably all we all make those judgment calls and there's probably times where but you know I look I hear what you say about the about the courage and that's for me something about lifelong learning I think I'm t- I try and take more risks now yes but I think that perhaps other people I don't know, you know whether or not people listening to this might have this i might have an element to this if you always jump in there may be times where you just think you know what i'm going to sit back this time or i'm going to just dial i'm going to dial the um the dialer down a bit
0: that's interesting actually the dialing down as well because we've talked about stepping in we've talked about being brave when we speak um you know, all the, the, the well, I'm going to mention the theory word myself. The theory will show that around 7% of what we say, what we say is that auditory bit. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's paralinguistic and a lot of it is body language. Yeah. So um, sometimes we are being heard without being verbal. So sitting back with our arms crossed, we might, what's being heard by others is. Actually, it's silence, but you're looking disconnected. You're looking angry. So sometimes we're heard through non-verbal methods as well. Uh, So that's quite an interesting route in itself to go down is how much what people interpret as well. Is, Is that being heard? You know, people are interpreting us all the time. We'll never go out again now. Never speak, never go
1: out. <laughs> oh, never cross your legs and never sort <laughs> you know, of, like, stock still. You're right. I, I, I think, was it, anyway, it doesn't matter. It was Morabian or something like that, wasn't it? I think it was, you did the initial research. But it is a staggering amount, which is the, around the words that we say. Yeah. And a huge amount around uh, our posture and yeah. um, how we're looking. And as the, as the face has got, thousands and thousands of different expressions
0: it's a good job they can't see us now
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say to people who i mean this is kind of the other side of the coin in a way again but how, what would you say to people who get heard all the time
0: to get <laughs> heard, a kind of that's polite, a nice way, way, of way of putting it yeah. isn't it That's not a direct hit to me, is it, David? No.
1: No, It is not. Do
0: you know, when we, uh, when I thought about this, I was thinking, you know, you very rarely hear people saying, do you know what? You get, I get heard too much. You get heard too much. I think um, getting heard all the time, I don't know. I think it's an interesting concept. Do they know? Would people be aware that their voice is always heard? I don't know. I don't know what I would say to people. Maybe um, look at a conversation that you've had and going back to your percentages, think about how much of the time you were speaking. Mm. So not just about being heard, but how much space do you take up? I would say that with my clients sometimes, Um, being mindful of how much of the time you are being talking, because actually being heard is not proportionate to 90 percent of the air time so yeah what about you what about people who get heard too much
1: I think um there's something there's something about uh, I, it's a little bit of theory uh, John Whitmore talks about um two elements of coaching one is self-awareness and the other is responsibility for action and I I certainly have seen people over the years, many with good self-awareness, but certainly somebody comes to mind, and I'm conscious, I've been very careful about anonymity and confidentiality here. Uh, this one particular person came into the meeting room, into the coaching room, and it took me 20 minutes to get out to make them a cup of tea, because there was this just kind of, it was like a verbal tidal wave. And surprise, surprise, um, uh, they the, the issue was, and a very senior person as well, but used to kind of throwing their weight around. And in a sense, it felt a little bit like I got because people are too frightened to say it to that person. They they ended up um, persuading this person to come to coaching. So that was a that was a tough uh, a tough piece of work, but it, it, it was, and it wasn't that he didn't have any useful things to say because <clears throat> he did, but he just, you know, was no sense of percentages, no sense of interactivity. So I think there is there is something where if there is a scintilla of self-awareness, people probably know if they're holding the talking stick too much, you know, and to, and, and to share it out a little bit um, would be what I would, you know what I would say. I, I, the, the other thing that we know in in coaching is that we probably would use something like a three hundred and sixty, yeah. either formal or informal, where you're getting other people coming back. Um, but you have to make sure that the person doesn't know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> you know that whole anonymity thing of feedback.
0: And and it flips the coin, though, doesn't it? It says, "Are you being heard?" But also, are you hearing others? Yeah, and I think that's key when you, yeah. if you're doing that proper sort of um, holistic coaching and working with people, the bit for me is is coaching people into that space as well. So not just being heard, but hearing others.
1: Yeah, yeah. maybe as we kind of come towards the end of this 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 uh, episode, it, it, it is that fusion of those two. It, you know, it isn't just about being heard. It, it, it's it. it Understanding your sense of what others and and, and your own kind of, you know, your own approach to listening. I'm just wondering, I don't know if we touched on that, but what would you, if I asked you about listening, what for you would be the things around how you listen, how you really listen? They call it, I think they call it one of the things I've heard about is deep generative listening, where we, you know, we're down two or three levels and we're really focusing on somebody.
0: There's a physical aspect to listening for me that I think is learned. and it's being in the moment and realising that you have to set yourself into this listening mode for me. Um, and Even, at, you know, we could, we could go on for another 30 minutes about listening and maybe we will. <laughs> uh, but the, the very first thing for me is setting myself. Both my feet on the ground when I'm sitting allows me to listen. I consciously put my feet on the ground as my first kind of posturing really to to listen to what someone's got to say Um, it's amazing uh, how that opens up my ears so grounding myself is the first thing I would do and many more things Um, but I think I I would want to do justice to that in completely unwrapping that how we listen Uh, what about you what would be your first thing
1: I, for me, it would be a statement of intent. It would be something about because I th- I think people can listen. I think anybody can listen. It's a bit like that thing where people say, you know, I can't sing. Everybody can sing. Yeah. You know, uh, they may not sing like an opera singer or uh, Freddie Mercury, but they, they you know they, they can sing. Um, I think it's because we were talking about Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> yesterday. <didn't
0: laughs> I'm not going to end myself
1: by singing. I'm really never going to sing. No, skalamush, skalamush. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I think I think it's mostly about intent. I, I, absolutely, there are other things about learning not to interrupt. Uh, particularly, one of my personal favourites is the idea of story topping. You know, you sometimes get people asking you a question, which is perhaps you know, where have you been on holiday? And you kind of know that as soon as you say, Well, such and such, and, and they will have gone somewhere absolutely amazing and exotic. And, you know, it's almost like, you know, they're asking you to, in order to, you know, perhaps that's that's terribly cynical way of looking at it, but there is something about not staying with that person in order to really hear all of that they're saying without yeah. saying, Well, look what this, all this happened to me. And I think our mind does that quite a bit, but it's, uh, yeah, there's so there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a couple of things there and some. I, I think also there's something about hearing key words or, or sometimes images people you know, some people I can think of use images quite a lot in their in their conversation so um yeah I think we're probably coming uh, towards the end of, of this episode but what is there anything overall given what we've we've talked about in terms of Being heard is what we said the title was, but we've also kind of almost like integrated this idea of listening.
0: Yeah, it's for me, what happens is we start off with something quite simple uh, on the surface. We look at being heard and we've delved quite deeply in there. And the bit for me is the, the amount of strands that are to being heard, whether it's physically being heard, emotionally being heard... Um, it involves a lot of listening, but it also involves us getting into a space where we can do it. Um, yeah, I think. What about for
1: you? I would say it's something we we don't talk about enough. No, considering the amount of conversations that are happening around the world as we speak in the half hour or so that we've had this conversation there will have been millions of conversations that people have had probably with differing levels of listening that are happening and it to be fair it's, it's context specific as well it depends if you're in a social group i, mean, I was at a wedding three weeks ago I could hear about 40% of what was being said. You know? kind of, I just couldn't hear because there's this mass pounding music in the background you know, and, and somebody's saying something and I'm, I'm trying to pick up the sense of what they're saying. Um, but I, I, I think it is important. It, it's something we're not taught a lot unless we go into the kind of work that you and I do. Yeah. Um, I would say to people, if you're listening to this, what does it bring up for you? Do you get heard? are you listening enough? Perhaps might be, uh, you know, challenging coaching questions. And, um, it's just a very, it's an important thing to reflect on. And I think it's something we can be better with, uh, about, we can be better listeners, whether or not we're introverts or extroverts, <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 it takes time and effort, but it, it, it's worthwhile. It's worth doing. Would be what I would say. I just, I wonder if we were going to give the last word to your mum, to my mum. Mm. What on being heard? Yeah, something about hear with your ear, or
0: <laughs> uh, oh, hear with your ear. Yeah. Oh, that would no. That was around um, how to spell.
1: Okay. Yes.
0: <laughs> I was going to. I was going to end with my last answering to your question about where you're going on holiday and uh wales david i'm going to (laughs) wales
1: (laughs) well i hope you have a great time thank
0: you thanks for listening to the show we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did and if you did please subscribe if you want to learn more or contact us or get in touch at all all our details on how to do that are in the show notes